Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you. It's part of the Brawl Network. Make sure you hit us on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, at Network Brawl. Download and subscribe to all of our shows. Rate them five star. Leave some feedback. The Brawl Network, terrific content on a daily basis covering all the teams. I, of course, host Bill's Brawl as well, one or two episodes per week, just having a blast. Get me on Instagram as well, MikeLSports1979. Slide up into the direct messages on any social platform if you have any ideas or questions in the world of sports. We are brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College for every and in life. Bryant and Stratton College, two and four-year degrees are always starting soon. Get over to bryantstratton.edu. Bryant and Stratton College for every and in life in, in central New York. Two outstanding locations. James Street in the city and, of course, in Liverpool. BryantStratton.edu. A tip of the cap thank you as well to Sit Means Sit Syracuse, the Al in Angus Pub. Gosh, I just went there uh, a minute ago. Uh, brought home an unbelievable bacon cheeseburger with the homemade chips on the side and the pickle. I mean, that place is amazing. Right there on Harrison Street, they've got the great bottled beer, draft beer in the cans. You can sit and dine in again at the Allen Angus Pub. Uh, Ann and Randy and Matt doing a sensational job. It is the home of the best darn Angus burger in town. And you can get your wraps, you can get entrees, you can get the delicious French onion soup as well. All at the Allen Angus Pub, the official pub of the ML Sports Platter. I am super pumped up to talk to the next guest of the ML Sports Platter, he has a brand new book. It is released and out today, April 1st, the first day of this thing. It's awesome. It's called Clubby, a minor league baseball memoir, and it's about Greg Larson's journey, a new clubhouse attendant for the Aberdeen Ironbirds, of course, a minor league affiliate, short season of the Baltimore Orioles, and Larson thought he'd go into a familiar world, but well, he thought a little wrong, right? He found... Uh, bizarre rituals. He found out about the lifestyle of the baseball players, etc. But he kept dipping his toes deeper and deeper into that baseball fraternity and built a heck of a career uh, out of it. And you got to go get it. Amazon.com, major bookstores, uh, and, and anywhere else online where books are sold because Clubby is a hilarious behind-the-scenes tale of two seasons in the mysterious world of minor league baseball. You've got cinematic detail, colorful cast of characters, and it's Larson who makes a difference. He spins an unforgettable true story of baseball to the fans and non-fans alike. Greg Larson, congrats on the book. What a wild subject, man. How are you? I'm doing good, Mike. Jealous of the hamburger you posted on your Twitter feed today. It looked delicious. <laughs> well, I uh, I love me some Alan Angus Pub. There's no doubt about that. Uh, by the way, in a very small world... Uh, my sister lives north of Baltimore. I've always wanted to go to an Aberdeen Ironbird game. Met Kel Ripken in Cooperstown. Had him on my podcast show. Uh, you know, she lives right there. I said, we've got to get to the mini Camden Yards. We usually go down every summer now with life speeding up with you know kids and all the rest. It's impossible to go every year. Um, 
So we go to Camden Yards a lot, you know, and, and share uh, baseball uh, memories and, and good times. Um, but Aberdeen is a place I want to go see a game. I love the short season. I love the minor leagues. And you've come out with a hell of a book here, Clubby, a minor league baseball memoir. Give my listeners, just kind of intro this interview a little bit with, you know, what what the message is you're trying to get through in this book. Yeah, the book is about my two seasons as a clubhouse attendant for Cal Ripken's Aberdeen Ironbirds. By the way, y'all are doing better than me. I worked for the guy for two years, never once met him. So the <laughs> fact that you guys have met him, you've you got a leg up on me. Well, I met him um, at the Hall of but, Fame induction because I had, you know, I, I've covered it every year since, I don't know, 2004. And <clears throat> I was able to, I, he came walking in and I, wa- and I had tried to get him on my show for over 10 years. And I came up and I wow. said, hey, uh, Cal, uh, can, can I get a picture with you? And the officer didn't want to, you know how it is, PR and police, right. whatever. They they are exactly that, they're police. Uh, but Ripken wanted to take it, took the picture. I said, hey, I've been talking with your PR guys. I'd love to have you on the show. I've been working on it for over 10 years. He goes, no, we'll get it done. Go send it to him now. So I did, and I sent him the picture with Ripken, and that ended up getting it done. But it was only because I covered the Hall of Fame. That's how I got to, to meet him because he walked in. I got you. It, it was really a crazy circumstance. The 2012-2013 seasons, I was a clubby for the Ironbirds. In 2012, a lot of fans don't know this. A lot of Orioles fans don't even know this. But Ripken's mom, Violet, was kidnapped in the middle of the 2012 season for the Ironbirds. Wow. And she recently passed away. And they still don't know the motivation. They don't know who did it. It was this crazy. To me, that's like a perfect exemplar of this this craziness of the minor league baseball world that I tried to capture in Clubby. All right, so let's start into really the the meat and potatoes, the two years. Um, you, you, you got there, uh, you, you thought a few things, and then you were wrong, right? So get, in, get into the beginning, through the timeline, and then you just dip your toes. You keep getting deeper and deeper into the baseball waters here, man, the minor league scene right. where you learn all sorts of different things. So go timeline-wise for me. You know, you arrive, you expect, you get the unexpected, you go through it, you get deeper, you fall in love with it. How how about it, man? The timeline. Right. What a wild, what a wild ride. Dude, it was crazy. All the ups and downs. I mean, I went into it starry-eyed. I was a huge baseball fan growing up. Not the Orioles, but I grew up a Minnesota Twins fan. I love the game. You know, I had dreams of being a major leaguer myself. Never mind the fact that I bet point zero nine one my senior year of high school, so I was not very highly scouted, but that's beside the point. <laughs> so I go into this world. My only job experience out of college was as a clubby in college. I was a clubby for our, our uh, Winthrop University college team. And so I graduate. That's my only job experience is washing jock straps. I think, okay, I could do worse than to get a job in minor league baseball. I show up expecting the glitz and glamour of professional baseball. And within a matter of weeks, days, I found out the first thing that really lifted the veil from my eyes was the fact that I was making three times as much as the players, as the guy who was washing the jock straps. And that, you know, those issues with, I saw guys fight each other with baseball bats. I saw one of the pitchers attack another guy with a baseball bat. Luckily, somebody tackled him before he could make contact. I was feeding guys leftover concession stands, food. The buses would light on fire. Guys would come back from, like, Mahoning Valley on a road trip, and they'd come back with bed bugs, and then they would be living in my my two-bedroom apartment. We'd have five guys in there. The second season. (laughs) You guys are laying on each other. (laughs) 
for real. I mean, it was that close. We just had a a bunch of blow-up mattresses in the living room. Wow. And and then the second season, I was literally living in the equipment closet, and I became, you know, I was running scams. I would... I would I would give a couple of baseball bats to the stadium beer supplier. He would give me some excess beer, some Bud Light that he would just tell his supplier, like, "Oh, they fell off the truck." And then I would go give that I would go give that beer to say the Staten Island Yankees. Yeah. Their coaching staff loved to drink, and then they would give me some gear that Staten Island Yankees gear. I would give that gear to the stadium beer supplier, and I had this beautiful ecosystem where I was getting tips and I was getting extra money and I was getting all the booze and memorabilia I wanted on top of it. So what's crazy about the minor leagues, right, is when you're you're an employee for a team, clubhouse attendant, ticket sales, uh, uh, I was on field for a little bit for the Syracuse Mets uh, on a part-time level, of course, you know, not making anything but growing a brand and working and having fun. What's amazing in the minor leagues is this, Greg, is that there is, I don't even know if you can compare anything in sports to it, having a mix of so many different things. In other words, you can, you get paid in most cases next to nothing, unless you're like a, 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 you know, an A-list executive type making a ton of money in sales, which again, minor league baseball, um, you know, you're not making a lot. You're there all the time. It's your life. You see the wildest stuff ever happen. You also get a ton of perks with it. Tons of relationships, and within those perks, all those things that you that you mentioned, did you did you feel that way as it went on? Like this is the craziest good and the craziest bad and everything in between, and that's why I can't get away from it. Dude, that's exactly that's why it's so addicting. I mean, it's a, it really is kind of like a drug. There are these extreme highs where I put on a jersey and I took batting practice with the team at MCU Park in Coney Island. And I have little kids asking me for autographs as I'm walking to the team bus. And then when I get home, I'm scrubbing pants and I'm sleeping in the, I'm sleeping in the stadium. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I mean, I'm not cynical about it now. I can look back with gratitude. But at the time sure. when you grow up loving the game, it was a painful experience. And it was something like a relationship that might have been a little bit of an unhealthy relationship. But then once that off season comes and you start sitting at home drinking beer and you're playing Madden 2007 on your PlayStation 2 for way too long, you start counting down the days until baseball season starts again because you just don't know what else to do. What's what's remarkable, too, is that baseball players, I know that it's the grind. Nobody, I've read Barry Verluga's book. I've worked in minor league baseball. I've covered the game for 20. I get it. I know the grind comes with baseball, 162-game season, et cetera. The anti-baseball people don't understand the grind of baseball. You get it, I get it, many others get it. However, however, inside that grind, those players have a ton of downtime. They're playing table tennis, they're screwing around playing cards. Some of them, I mean, I've walked, I've seen some guys in the locker room maybe before first pitch, maybe take a couple shots to loosen up. I mean, so... what what were some of the activities that you did pregame, not postgame, we'll get into that in a minute, but pregame, you know, did you go in there and play some table tennis? Or were you too busy to get in there to play games with these guys? And and, and, and what were some of the, the, the fun things that the Aberdeen guys did during your day? Yeah, big one was poker. They also had a kangaroo court. I would, I would play poker with them every once in a while. 
Um, but I was so damn busy. Oh God, I bet. Half the time I was in the back cutting oranges. Well, you're a uh, <laughs> you're a one you're a one man band though. I just want to get that in there too. <laughs> right, right, dude. I'm the right. team mom. Anything, right. anything, and everything. There are times I was literally scraping crap off the walls. I mean, it, anything that needed to be done, I did it. Sure. But you know, pregame, a really big one was playing poker in the kangaroo court. You know, guys would get fined for you know taking off their pants on the on the bus when the AC went out, this kind of stuff. But it got to the point that ended really quickly because guys started getting their feelings hurt. They felt like they were being personally attacked. So the, even the kangaroo court went out the window. But, dude, anything guys can do. It's like being in war, man. There are all these these long stretches of downtime boredom and then these moments of high intensity. It's, it's Like I said, it's addicting, man. I it's just, it's such a wild world. Again, it's called Clubby. Make sure you uh, go out and get it. Uh, major bookstores, Amazon.com, released today, April first, which is pretty cool. Uh, go support Greg Larson, the author. It's a minor league baseball memoir. So this, the two years you were clubhouse attendant for Aberdeen, was it 2013 and 14 or 12, 13? What were the years? It was 2012, 2013. Okay, so who was on those, you know, g- give me give me the guys who were on those clubs, if you can remember some names and maybe some special oh, yeah. relationships or things that you shared with guys. And I don't, I don't know if you still keep in touch with these players. Yeah, well, the book has actually served as an impetus to get back in touch with a lot of these guys I haven't talked to in nearly a decade. But that 2013 team was a spectacular team for the Ironbirds. We had Trey Mancini, we had Mike Yastrzemski, we had Austin Wynn. Oh, that was that team, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep. And so those guys, the ironic part, (laughs) just imagine me. I'm, you know, I'm a lanky, pale-skinned guy with red hair. (laughs) Imagine me in a batting practice group with Mike Yastrzemski and Trey Mancini and then me, Greg Larson. That was was me at the end of the year when, when they let me take BP. Um, but the ironic thing is that the guys who were actually really good and that eventually did get moved up, I was never close to. I was always close to the guys who got drafted in the 40th round and who were maybe spending time doing things that were less baseball-focused and more hanging out in the back equipment closet with Greg Larson and the clubby. But my, I mean, my favorite, these are real people, but I have to think about them as characters as well, Alan Mills. So for people who don't remember Alan Mills, Alan Mills pitched in the major leagues for 12 seasons a lot of it with the Orioles, a little bit with the Yankees and Dodgers. In 1998, Alan Mills famously knocked out Daryl Strawberry in a brawl between the Orioles and Yankees. In 2000, Alan Mills was a part of an L.A. Dodgers bullpen that went into the stands at Wrigley Field and fought some fans. <laughs> Alan Mills was a brawler. And so he was the pitching coach in Aberdeen both seasons I was there. And he and I got close. We just bumped heads all the time. I recently sent him the book. And he called me up after taking a glance at it. And this is, I live, in, I live in Texas, so we had just had this huge storm. I had no power, no electricity. He said, first off, me, he said, do you have power and electricity? I said, yeah, I, I have it now, but it was touch and go for a few days there. He said, well, it's going to be touch and go next time I see you, meet because you made me the damn villain of this book. And I was like, oh, my Uh-oh. God, it just brought me back. It brought me back to being a clubby. I felt like a 23-year-old again. But after he read the full book, we talked about it. He still felt like the villain, but he had a better understanding of, you know, my full portrayal of him. Sure. And so, you know, this has been an opportunity to get back in touch with guys like Alan Mills, but for the most part, a lot of those guys, I haven't talked to them since those seasons. 
You know what's amazing? You bring up Mike Ostremski, right? So here's a guy who, I mean, I just... Baseball is so wild. Here's a guy who played baseball for the legendary Vanderbilt Club, right? College baseball. He gets picked years and years and years ago uh, with, with Baltimore, signs with Baltimore, Starts a professional career. He's starting to have great success with Aberdeen. I think 273 home runs, RBI. He was in the All-Star game, I believe, that year in, in 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, y- you wonder what happens. I mean, he just becomes like this baseball nomad. You'd think at that time, well, he's, he's got to be going to the major leagues right off, right out, right away. I mean, he was he was seen as a potential early round selection in the 09 draft for crying out loud. Um, but he said he was going to attend college unless chosen in the first round. And obviously he didn't sign with the Red Sox, enrolled to Vanderbilt, and then the rest is history. And now we fast forward to 2021, and he's having a renaissance in the late 20s. He's now 30 years old with the Giants. Baseball is wild with that, isn't it? I mean, how you can be down and out, and then all of a sudden you're back, you know, 10 years later? I mean, it is crazy. Like, I mean, that's part of the beauty of it, and that's part of what keeps people coming back is for every Mike Yastrzemski, there are 20 other guys who tried to do the same thing and are, you know, wasting away in the indie leagues. Right, or hundreds, so, like, or hundreds, and then in comparison to them, there's Albert Pools, you know? It's crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And so with Mikey Stremski, it's, it's a strange thing. It's not always in minor league baseball what I came to find out, at least in the Orioles organization. Again, like this is a very narrow experience that I had. It wasn't always a meritocracy. Sure. There was a lot of politics involved, relationships, like maybe any other organization, where sometimes a guy with a 5.5 ERA would get moved up and the guy with a 1.75 ERA would be stuck in Aberdeen. And mm. it didn't always seem like there was a rhyme or reason to it, except for maybe something a coach saw a couple weeks ago in the extended spring training so i don't know what happened with mike yastrzemski but i'm i'm happy for him man i'll tell you this <laughs> at, at the end of the day you look you're like well he, he probably had to have a little bit left in the tank right i mean look at the last name here you know grandpa grandpa the hall of famer right. carl yastrzemski no doubt you're j- just the last name just can get you to 200 can it but uh, and all i you know all, all, all jokes aside baseball is so right. hard what what do you hope people say at the end of the book yeah, that's a hard one. Like when, when I think about the takeaway, I want people to come away with a feeling. And if I could have people come away with one feeling, it's that this is the most incredible and most pathetic world that I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> that dichotomy just uh, encapsulates minor league baseball. That's so minor league baseball. Every employee I talk, I, I'm not going to name names, but man, I have heard that from people like you wouldn't believe, man. Piles of people. I want want people to look at this slice and say, man, (laughs) that's that's the Bush Leagues right there. Right, right. Online where books are sold, clubbybook.com. April 1st is today, and uh, this book is out, and it's it's a must-read. It's terrific. It's called uh, Clubby, a minor league baseball memoir, amazon.com, clubbybook.com, and, of course, uh, follow Greg and the gang, uh, Greg Larson, all over uh, social media, uh, including Twitter. Um Curious to know if a youngster came up to you, 10, 12, you know, years old, diehard baseball fan. I, I want to be a clubhouse attendant. 
Would you recommend it? <laughs> That's a hard one. My instinct is no. Really? You know, like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm glad I had that experience. However, it was a very specific... I was immediately out of college. I had no other options. Hmm. I wound up... At the time, I thought I fell out of love with the game. I now realize that I just have a different relationship with the game where maybe I care about the play, maybe I care about the people more than I care about the numbers now. But if I was a kid, if I encountered a kid who was thinking about being a club, yeah, I would, I'd need to sit him down and talk to him about what exactly he's getting himself into. Because I didn't really have that. Like, hey, man, at 3 a.m. when the team bus comes in, you're going to be up scrubbing those pants and doing laundry until maybe 5, 6 a.m. You're right, and you might have and a you game. You, you, you might have a game at 1 o'clock the next day. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Or that, I, should, I shouldn't I should say next day. I should say that day, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's wild. It's and absolutely so, wild. Give, give, me, give, me a, yeah. uh, give me a player you saw early, you know, lo- short season, right, with the Ironbirds. You mm-hmm. said, holy cow, this guy's going to be... He's going to be a star. Could be, who knows? Could be a Hall of Famer if he stays healthy and shit the bed. And give me a guy who you, nah, didn't really see anything coming who ended up being something. Like big. Yeah. So, didn't really see coming Josh Hader on the 2012 team. Josh Hader, I think he had just come out of high school. He looked like he was, he just woke up from prom. I mean, he was a skinny little dude reliever nobody thought anything of him and now josh Hader is one of the best relievers in the league um in 2013 i, I don't know if this guy became a bust he's been kind of a dream man but kevin gossman oh man. Uh, sorry this he was 2012 he was the number one trip draft pick yeah, yeah. uh but kevin gossman he was hot stuff coming into the clubhouse uh nice guy but he was everybody in the organization treated him like he had they wrapped bubble wrap around it, him and <laughs> gave him kid blood, all this stuff. Um, and he was one, I haven't seen him pan out, but to be, you know, sort of a journeyman meet 4A player. Wow. Yeah, I, it, that's how it is these days. I mean, I remember covering Steven Strasburg in the minors, and it was just, it was unreal. The protection and and, uh, and and the bubble, all the stuff you just talked about. I mean, you know, the media press conferences and the pitch counts, and they shut him down. And obviously I know... Long term, it worked out. I criticize Mike Rizzo left and right, and then he goes out and turns around the nineteen and thirty one season. Dave Martinez was on the hot seat. He keeps him. They win the World Series. Strasburg's MVP of the World Series. So what the hell do I know? But for a long time, for a long time, it was Mike Rizzo. What are you doing? Why are you trading Ronaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito for Adam Eaton? Why did you shut down Strasburg? What? Why did you do all these things that eventually led to a World Series title? But I hear you with the protecting and, and the babying of of, uh, of pitchers in today's day and age where you have more nutrition, more conditioning, more doctors, more everything, more saunas, more facilities than ever before. You know, I'm looking at this picture of the Ironbirds in 2013, and there you are. You're circled, and you got a big smile on your face. You look super happy, and you might have had a tough morning, and that down part of the job was a little, eh. But you know what? Worst case scenario, you got a cool Under Armour polo shirt, right? See, like those are the perks, right? That that's why you're smiling. You get those perks. You got the sweet fitted hat. You're standing next to the players. You're wearing the Under Armour cool gear, right? Who cares if you're making eight grand a year, huh? 
here's here's the ironic part about that. I accidentally stole that Under Armour shirt from the strength coach, so that wasn't even mine, dude. That is that's minor league baseball in a nutshell. Oh, right even better. <laughs> yeah, even better. Even better. So, what do you? Let, let's close with this. I mean, what are you doing in life now? What's what's going on with you on a daily uh, basis? Yeah, I think a lot of people happen. Uh, a lot of people perceive me as a clubhouse attendant who happened to write a book. I'm an author who just happened to be a clubhouse attendant once. Hmm. So I'm working on my third book right now. Beautiful. Uh, promoting, uh, I'm obviously focusing a lot on promoting clubby, but my third book is a novel that I am uh, a little bit secretive about. I'll just put it, it's a love story about a pandemic. I'll just put it that way. Well, that's awesome. And, and obviously you and I connect on Twitter, um, you know, a lot. And, and I got your cell number here and, um, I'd love to have you back. As many books as you write, you're welcome to come on. As you know, I have best-selling authors on left and right uh, and uh, really just enjoyed this conversation, the stories of minor league baseball. You folks have to get it right now. Today is April 1st, and it is out. It is a great, great read. It's called Clubby, a minor league baseball memoir. Uh, go pick it up all over major bookstores, Amazon.com, clubbybook.com. Uh, you name it, and the author, of course, is the man who uh, spent a couple of years with the Aberdeen Ironbirds in the clubhouse as the head attendant, Greg Larson. Greg, thank you so much, man. We'll have you back, and, uh, hey, continued success. Thank you, Mike. And one quick thing, the book is going to be only a dollar on Kindle on Amazon until April 8th. So there you have it. Make sure you pick up the book, Greg Larson, Clubby, Unbelievable Stories, a Minor League Baseball Memoir. I'm Mike Lindsley. Make sure you download and subscribe to the ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms where podcasts are found, Spotify, Deezer, Google, Stitcher, you name it, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and leave a five-star review and some feedback. We are a part of the Brawl Network, so make sure that you also hit up all those shows as well. The content is awesome everywhere, no matter what team it is. A lot of talent, a lot of content, a lot of unbelievable guests. And that's what I'm trying to bring you here on the ML Sports Platter as well, which is brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College, Stanley Law Offices, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and Axe Exotic Pets. If you are in and around Central New York, stop on by, see Carl and his team. They've got an unbelievable array of exotic pets from your uh, snakes to your uh, parrots to turtles, you name it, and aquariums that are jumbo size for any exotic pet. Get over there. Axe Exotic Pets. they got crickets. They've got other different things that you need for your exotic pet to live on a daily basis. Axe Exotic Pets on Facebook. Go like the page and check out the specials and all the animals they get in as well. Axe Exotic Pets, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. During the season of giving, you might give away more than you want. Sweater for mom, video game for Jake, and my credit card for someone named Gina? More online activity can mean more exposed personal info. But LifeLock by Norton has identity theft protection all wrapped up. And if you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code LifeLock. Visit LifeLock.com today.
Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.